My name is Bill Viss. I'm a member here at Pleasant Street. It's great to be back with you, both you know, as a member here after being away for almost 20 years and also to bring God's word to you again today. Thank you for inviting me. Pastor Matthew is taking care of a classical responsibility at the river today, preaching over there, and that's why they've asked me to come in. I invite you to join in the call to worship, which is printed in the worship folder as well as be projected behind me here. The Lord be with you. People of God, in whom do we trust? Therefore, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, brothers and sisters, let us worship the Lord in view of his mercy. Please rise. So in the, on the dawn of a new year, I thought it'd be great to sing some songs that just remind us of the goodness of God and the greatness of God and his faithfulness in our lives. How's that sound? Amen. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God And all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire In darkest nights you are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend And I have lived in the goodness of God And all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good Every breath that I am able And I will sing Of the goodness of God Your goodness is running after It's running after me Your goodness is running after It's running after me Lay down, surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. 
goodness of God. Amen. Amen. Amen.
may be seated. So I'm going to offer up a prayer confession, and then we have the opportunity to pray together. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, in the waters of our baptism, you show us a picture of what you have done by your spirit, washed us of our sin, drowned our old habits of death, and raised us into a new identity. Your spirit makes us one in Christ Jesus. Lord, we confess there are many ways that we have failed to put on Christ and have remained divided. So we pray, Lord, across the barriers that divide ethnicities, reconcile us, O Christ, by your cross. Across the barriers that divide rich from poor, reconcile us, O Christ, by your cross. Across the barriers that divide culture, Reconcile us, O Christ, by your cross, across the barriers that divide us as Christians. Reconcile us, O Christ, by your cross. Enable us to see and name the ways that we cause strife. Remove from us all that harms our fellowship with you and with each other. Reflect on these words. Gracious God, would you pour out your spirit upon us that these barriers might be washed away and that we might rise once more into the good news that there is now nothing which separates us from your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I thought I'd pull out some old hymns that my, my granddad loved makes me love them too so if you, if you know this you can sing along you could stand I, I always forget to do the stand up sit down and turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let's sing that again. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look
will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love Brothers and sisters, in the waters of our baptism, we were baptized into the death of Jesus Christ. We were buried with him so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life through faith in Christ. And together, praise be to God who claimed us in baptism. By his grace, God has called us to a life of ministry in a broken world wearing the clothes of his son. Redeeming God, cleansed and forgiven, us, forgiven, send us out in a rush of good news so that Christ's love and mercy might flow from this place to our community and to the world beyond. Amen. You may be seated. Are there any other kids that want to come up? <laughs> All right, you want to come sit up here with me? People of God, what is your prayer? Lord, continue to show us your wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Amen. The Lord be with you. <laughs> Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. Thanks. My name is Emily Fortnut, and I have the privilege, I'm an elder here at Pleasant Street, and I have the privilege of leading us in prayer this morning. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence on this first Sunday of the new year. We thank you for your faithfulness during the past year. You carried us through difficult diagnoses, procedures, and the death of loved ones. You were also there in the celebrations and the good times. You have blessed us with so much. With our minds on resolutions and ways to improve our lives in this new year, help us to remember that you are the God of new beginnings. You are the only source of hope in our salvation. Help us to turn our hearts toward you and conform ourselves to your likeness. As we look ahead to the new year, we cling to the promise that your steadfast love never ceases. Your mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Dear God, we pray for the counsel of this church as they seek to lead and discern your will. We ask for blessings on the staff in this new year, Pastor Matthew, Pastor Annika, Kate, Sadie, and Diane, 
as they continue to carry out the ministries of Pleasant Street. Dear God, we call ourselves a family of believers. Help us to live out that calling, loving each other as you love us. We think especially about those in our congregation who are struggling with health issues and those who are confined to their homes. Be there with them in a special way during this week. And now, as we listen to your word, help us to open our hearts. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Very short one this morning, but lots of good words in there. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I'm looking forward to hearing Bill this morning uh, preach on this. This is, uh, friends, this is the word of God. And the key words there are to take every thought captive. And that's what we're going to talk about a bit this morning. Um, I mentioned last time that I had a, a series that involved... If only, if, if only I could change this thing or that thing, how much better life would be. And this is the second. Now, a few weeks ago, I was here, and we talked about if only I could actually forgive people and stop holding grudges and all that kind of thing. It makes a huge difference. And today, we're going to talk about controlling our thoughts. I just want to emphasize that when I do this here and elsewhere, and I often do series, I, I never pick a series that builds on itself. Because, you know, when the sermons are two months apart, it's kind of hard for me to remember what I said two months ago, much less to expect you to. But um, so each one stands alone. So if you didn't get the last one, that's fine. But I hope that uh, this sermon will bring a blessing. Norman Vincent Peale made famous the saying, change your thoughts and you'll change the world. Change your thoughts and you can change the world. And, and people respond to that and say, Come on, it's not that easy. You can't just change your life by, by changing your thoughts. And you're partly right and partly wrong if you think that, because, yes, it's not that easy. I mean, our thoughts tend to run in ruts, and we tend to follow patterns, and we, we tend to do the same thing over and over and over again. That's, we call them habits because we just do them without thinking. But if we can break those habits especially the negative habits, and we can convert them into godly thinking and godly action, it makes a huge difference in every aspect of our life. You know, talk about those ruts and patterns. I, I smoked, I'm not proud, but I smoked for 17 years from age 15 to age 32. And I can still remember that nervous tick where you couldn't smoke for an hour or two. You were in a classroom or something like that. And, you just, and, and yet about every 15 minutes, my right hand would, oh, I can't. You, know, you, you don't even think about it. It just, it just happens. Well, our minds do the same thing. And, and we, we tend to think without even thinking. So when we allow especially negative patterns of thought... And we'll talk a little bit about what that implies in just a minute. But the, the negative patterns that, that can control our minds and our thinking and our responses to situations in life, some really big problems do result. The, the, the first is that negative thinking will rob us of the ability to live a life marked by faith in God. 
It's really, really hard to joyfully and confidently say, in God, everything is going to work out when our thought pattern is, well, that ruins everything. My life's never going to be the same again. It's just awful. I mean, how do you trust in God to make something good come out of what is a difficulty if your pattern is always to say life will never be the same, it's broken, nothing's going to happen? And, and, and one of the problems with that kind of thinking is that nothing will change, nothing will happen, nothing can make this better, is that it, it leads us to inactivity. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I go back to when I was a smoker. I quit, I quit smoking at least 50 times in that 15 years for anywhere from two to four hours at a time. And, and, and eventually you get to the point where if you're addicted, and there's so many things we can be addicted to, you know, there's, there's alcohol and nicotine and for some people weed and other things and, and certain kind of activities. And, and, and when we get addicted to something and we've tried to break it a few times and nothing changes, we begin to think, well, it's not even worth trying. And so then we don't try. And so when we don't try and when we think, you know, it doesn't matter, my, my marriage, it, it just stinks. And, and it doesn't matter what I do. I, 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 try to, I try to love her. I try to vacuum once in a while. I, I tr- and, and nothing ever changes. Like, nothing I do, I, I, it's never going to get better. She doesn't appreciate me. She doesn't love me anymore. Well, after a while, you stop trying. And when you stop trying, the third thing happens is that our, our, our relationships shatter. We, we end up lonely. We, we end up alone. We end up without support because the people who could make a difference and the people whose relationships we could build on, we stop trying. And when we stop trying, really, that marriage, that friendship, that relationship is done. But if we can, Proverbs 4 says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. I love that. Be careful how you think because your life is shaped by how you think when you follow God's pattern for thoughts. And I'm going to talk about that as well so we know what we're talking about here. I think definitions are important. When we, when we think like God wants us to think, our, our life will be fuller, happier, more satisfying. I don't have a doctorate in brain chemistry. I don't have any kind of doctorate in chemistry of any kind, but... You don't have to be really smart in brain chemistry to know that if all of your thoughts are depressed and negative and, and glum, it's going to affect the way you view all of life, and it's going to just bring you and everybody around you down. But when you take control of your thoughts, you get a more accurate view of this world. Some people, some people think when I, when I talk today about thinking positively, I talk about thinking for the future, I talk about controlling my thoughts, so I think the thoughts that God wants me to think, they're, they're going to react and say, well, he's just he's talking about being a Pollyanna, everything's bright and rosy, and nothing's wrong. And we all know life not like that. Life stinks sometimes. But no, when we think with control in our thoughts, we don't use rose-colored glasses. We use clear glasses to help us to see accurately, to, to see the world for what it is. It's, it's kind of like this discussion about what to teach our kids about, about history. And, and some people say, well, don't talk about the negative. Let's, just, let's tell the kids all the good stuff that this country has done. And, 
And others say, don't talk about any of the good stuff. It's absolutely rotten. There's nothing good in our history. Neither of those make sense. Clear-headed thinking says, look the evils of racism and slavery and some of the other things straight in the face because they're there and they were ugly. But also look at the progress we've made. And, and so you, you, you speak accurately. And when you speak accurately, instead of saying it's terrible and there's never going to get better, you say, yeah, it stinks, but I'm going to look for a way to make it better. And when we do that, then we begin to take action because we begin to see that we can make a difference. And when we can make a difference, we will strive to make a difference. And when we all work together to do that, our lives and this world can improve. And things like World Renew, Christian Reform World Relief Committee, for those of us who are older, those kinds of initiatives began because people didn't ignore the hunger. They didn't ignore the, the disaster. They looked it square in the face and they said, but we can do something about this. Let's, in God's name, get it done. And so how do we turn from this negative rut where we just automatically see life as nasty and rotten and ugly and worthless and turn it around so that we begin to say, life is rotten, but it's not worthless. What can I do? Well, the first thing is to think on purpose. Be deliberate about how you think and why you think what you think. And that's the text, just those words. Take captive every thought to make that thought obedient to Christ. What, what he's saying is don't just let your mind wander uncontrolled, without purpose, without direction. Take control. Take captive every thought. Be deliberate about it. And when you're deliberate about it, to make that thought and that pattern and that, and that desire to be obedient in obedience to Christ, life changes. And I'm going to give you an example. I took some time writing this out. I can't freeform it. So I'm actually going to, I don't usually do this. I'm going to actually read this. In my life, church offices and, and so forth, I often would be alone for hours at a time, working on a sermon, getting a counsel agenda ready, whatever it was. And, and, and if your thoughts are not controlled, you don't take them captive, you just let them run, it can go something like this. You see an ad for a nice new luxury car. And your thought goes like this, nice car. I wish I could afford it, but I can't afford anything. Not with, not with my salary, not with the demands on me, not with this economy. I don't see how it's ever going to get better. I think the days of prosperity are pretty much over. I sure do wish I had taken advantage of some of the opportunities that there were a few years ago, like Bob did. Yeah. Man, he's done well for himself, but it couldn't have happened to a less deserving guy. I'll never forget when he said to me, boy, that made me mad. You know what I should have said? I should have stood up to him and said, Bob, you so-and-so, let me tell you what I think of you. Well, that's what I should have said, but I can't stand up for myself. It's probably because of my dad. Been that way all my life. I could never stand up to him. Boy, did my dad ever make my life miserable. I still don't measure up to his expectations. Never will. Why do I even bother? And, and so I see a nice car. And because I'm not thinking on purpose, I'm not taking captive every thought to be obedient to Christ. I'm just allowing that rut to happen. 
from a nice ad to a car, I end up with self-loathing because my dad ruined my life. And, and we can do that to ourselves. And so we need to take every thought captive. When it comes into your head, analyze it, dissect it, evaluate it, ask, is this the Spirit of God speaking in me and through me or the Spirit of somebody else? Take captive every thought, but then also begin to think with godly filters. When we lived in Michigan, we had a, it was a very nice home, but it was on a well. And because it was on a well, I don't know how many of you, some of you may even have well water now. It tends to, depending where you are, have high iron content and, and other minerals and an off flavor that's just always there. And so the, whole, the, the house that we lived in, we were fortunate to have a reverse osmosis system, which is really cool technology. The water gets forced through a, a filter with really tiny uh, holes, and, and it, it takes out all of the iron and, and all of the chlorine and all of the copper and, and all of the bacteria. It just, it just takes out everything, and you end up with this water that is just the next thing to being distilled. And when we cooked in the kitchen... We had a tap that got the well water, and then we had a separate tap that got the filtered water. And we did everything with the filtered water. And everything was better. The spaghetti was better. The coffee was better. The ice cubes were better. Everything was better when we filtered the water. In the same way, Paul in Philippians says, use this filter. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. That's the filter God calls us to place on all of our thoughts. And when you think about what you're thinking about, and you run your thoughts through these filters, you ask, is, is this true? Is it noble? Is it helpful? Is it pure? Is it praiseworthy? If it doesn't, Here's my suggestion, because we all, we all think thoughts that are not some of those things. And when you think, begin thinking thoughts, and you know you're, you're deliberate, you're, you're on purpose, you're trying to take captive, and so you're using this filter, and you say, oh, that's, that's not excellent. Try to build into your life an automatic habit of a redirect. Now, if you don't know what a redirect is, uh, on your computer they have things that they code in. It's called a redirect code. And what it does is it, if you type in something a little wrong, it's not all that different from like a spell check where you, you spell probably wrong and suddenly it just changes for you and it's correct. Well, this does this with web addresses. And the most concrete example I can think of is uh, when we came here for a variety of reasons, we chose to bank with Bank of America. I do my banking online. I go to the website. Well, it takes a few, few, not a ton of seconds, but type B-A-N-K-O-F-A-M and so forth. And I always mistype it because my fingers don't work right. And, and so I have learned that if I just type in B-O-F-A, bofa.com, and hit enter, boom, it redirects from bofa.com to bankofamerica.com, and I'm in, and I saved myself about eight keystrokes, and I didn't mistype it. Because it used a filter, and the filter is to redirect from what doesn't work to what does work. 
And so when I talk about having a tool for a thought habit, use the filter and ask yourself, is this pure and lovely and admirable and praiseworthy? And if it's not, begin to build in the habit of the automatic redirect that says, we're going to go that way instead. Be deliberate, think on purpose, take captive every thought in obedience to Christ, and use the filter of the kinds of things he calls us to to focus on in this life, and then we will begin to think in the direction of concrete change. George George Bernard Shaw once said, those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. He may not have realized it, but he was indirectly referencing Scripture there. Where in Romans 12 it says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. Or in Ephesians, be made new in the attitude of your minds. When, when the attitude and the transformation of our mind is in this taking control of our thoughts according to godly filters, it changes us. We are made new. I quoted at the beginning Norman Vincent Peale saying, change your thoughts and you'll change your world. I think it might even more directly and more accurately be said, change your thoughts and you'll change yourself. Because the way we think and the way we pattern our thought and whether we follow God's pattern of pure and beautiful and worthy and praiseworthy thinking will affect the way we relate to each other. It will affect the decisions we make about what to do with our time. It will change everything, and it will change everything in the direction God wants us to go. Peter said in 1 Peter 1, verse 13, prepare your minds for action. Taking control of your thoughts isn't just about mental activity. The way we think is going to directly affect who we are. And who we are is going to directly affect how we live. And how we live is going to directly affect every aspect of our lives. Now, I said earlier, can't be that easy. Well, it's not easy. I'm not suggesting it was easy. David Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau said, as a single footstep will not make a path on the earth... So a single thought will not make a pathway in the mind. To make a deep physical path, we walk it again and again and again. To make a deep mental path, we have to think over and over and over the kind of thoughts we want to dominate our lives. Yesterday was New Year's. And I'm not asking you to make any New Year's resolutions to be broken by Friday, which everyone I've ever made was. Today, I'd like to ask you to think as we go into a new year about something much more basic than a New Year's resolution. I'm going to ask you to think about letting God, especially if you're one of those negative, grouchy, always complaining people, and some of us are, ask God to change the core direction in which you think, because that will change the core direction in how you live. Shall we pray? Lord, 
Our minds are amazing instruments capable of some of the most complex and almost instinctive reactions and, and calculations and decisions. You have given us these amazing instruments, and yet, too often, we abuse them by allowing our thoughts to turn us away from you instead of towards you away from each other instead of towards each other. If only we could control our thoughts, Lord. Well, we can't, not by ourselves. But with your presence, and your spirit, and your direction, we can begin that process. And as we walk with you, and as we develop the habits that you call us to about thinking that which is pure and lovely and good, we begin the pattern of turning it around. And we can make 2022 one of the best years of our lives by your grace and in your mercy. Help us to do that, Lord, in Jesus. Amen. I'd like to invite the Echo students, if there are any here today, today to come forward to meet with the elders. Do we have any? I think it's school vacation. We don't. I, I guess, looking around, I'm not surprised. I did not see a whole lot of people in that third to fifth grade age group or whatever it is. School starts again this week. They'll be back. Um, we... Uh, we are called by God to respond to his mercy and his grace to us by responding wholly, joyfully, cheerfully back. And part of that response is in physical giving. You know, preachers like to talk, talk about time, talent, and treasure, and all three are important. It's easy to cheat God of our time by saying, I don't have any time for you. Well, no, that doesn't work. And God gives us all gifts and talents. And when we say, well, I'm going to use those just for myself, that doesn't work. And God gives us, in varying degrees, finance. There are a variety of words that I read in Scripture about how to give. Give cheerfully. Give willingly. Give joyfully. I trust that those of you who know Christ have and will respond in that way. Right now, we can't pass the plate. I do hope that at some point in six months or a year, we will get to the point where we are comfortable shaking hands again and passing the communion plate again and all those things. But we aren't there yet. And so for now, you can drop an offering in the box on the way out. You can mail a gift into the office. Uh, you, can, you can drop something into the mail slot during the week. But uh, we do encourage your continuing support of this church. This time, let us stand as we sing, Take My Life. I was supposed to get the cover of the kids coming up to get their little things for me to come up and do this. Anyway, great message. It's great to sing after a message like that. It gives us opportunities to reflect on what was said. Because um, even though our faith is 
is confirmed by one decision for Christ. It is renewed daily by a new surrender uh, to his spirit for that sanctification of our lives. So, This is my devotion. This is all I know. This is all I have to bring. A life laid down in worship to honor you, my King. I live to glorify your Now my past is swept away By the sacrifice you made I am yours Set my heart on fire for you Take my life Take it all I surrender so from now on I live for you take my life take it all I surrender heart and soul from now on I live for you only you Every joy and heartbreak, and trial and temptation, be the center of my heart. Now my past is swept away by the sacrifice you've made. I am yours, set my heart on fire for you, and take my life, take it all, I surrender heart and soul, from now on I live for you, take my life, take it all. From now on, I live for you. Take my life, take it all. I surrender heart and soul. From now on, I live for you. Only pray. Gathering, blessing, and sending God. In Christ you have washed us of sin, eroding away destructive, 
destructive habits, and nourishing sincere love. Send us now in the power of your spirit that we may be faithful to our baptismal calling, serving all with a deep well of love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. May Jesus Christ, the Son of Righteousness, who comes with healing in his wings, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And may the blessings of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord turn his face toward you and
Sunday. Go with God. Amen.